I am Jimbo Paris, and you are listening to the Jimbo Paris Show. All right, hello everyone. This is Jimbo Paris here. Welcome again to the Jimbo Paris Show. And today we have Mona Sakik. Um, she is the author of Who Am I? Where Am I? She was focused on, you know, spreading happiness and peace of mind all across the world. And she's essentially a spiritual student, and she sort of looks at kind of building sort of this catalog of information through her writings and meditations. And her book, Who Am I? Where Am I? It's very popular. It's across all of Europe. It's in Canada, I believe, and even in places like Japan. So very interesting person. Let's see what she has to say. Hello, Jimbo. Hi. It's great to meet you. How are you? I am very good. Thank you for this beautiful introduction. Thank you so much. Excellent. Okay. So to start this off, can you kind of tell me a bit about yourself? So I am a writer. I can't help but writing everything that comes to my mind. Every time I have a an idea, an unanswered question, I want to write it, and after I want to share it with others, so I write books. And basically, in 2016, I had like an internal personal experience with spirit, and it opened a lot of dimensions in me, and a lot of things have changed. That's really interesting. And can you kind of tell me a bit about your profession? So I uh, work uh, in mining. Has nothing to do with uh, me being a writer, but every day I I write and I like to publish books. Okay. And sort of what inspired this idea of your book? Who am I? Where am I? So the book, Where Am I, Where Am I, is a book where I tried to answer a lot of questions that kept me awake at night, a lot of unsolved problems, whether spiritual questions or just everyday practical, how to navigate on earth, how to do things, how to get things done, how to deal with people, how to just have answers, like not all the answers, but answers that help you go peacefully with confidence, with integrity, with, with love towards others. That was the point. I, I woke up one day and I was like, I am going to write every law I know about humans and to help myself first, obviously, and others to understand more about ourselves. So what do you provide to other people who are interested in this book you have? And how do you sort of spread that peace of mind and happiness across the world in your world. So there is an upcoming book that's going to launch on April 25th, and it's a poetry book. It's different, and it's mm. called Back to Love and Beauty. And uh, poetry is very concise. One philosophy, you have to say a lot of things. But I try to share with readers poems that could help them visit those dimensions, love, peace, self-confidence, self-love, and just being happy to be incarnated on earth while knowing you are not just this human being. What was sort of the writing process of the book? Did you enjoy it? Was it a journey? How was that journey of writing that book? 
the process is really writing about subjects that have nothing to do with each other. It's like each subject is a book in itself. And then as you go, there is something that happens in your mind. It's like a puzzle that constructs and you see that everything is linked and that for knowing something or for mastering something, you always need to have a lot of other knowledges. So that's what happened. I wrote a lot of subjects and then it clicked in my mind and it was very difficult to put them all together in a coherent way. But yeah, it was very interesting. How did you uh, celebrate when you finished your book? <laughs> I stopped writing for three months. <laughs> Wow, okay. <laughs> yes, I'm like, I'm going to give myself a break. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes you have an information and you think you know, and you have it, you master it. But unless you have practiced it, you don't know yet. So sometimes we understand things and we gather information. And life puts us in situations where we have to just practice what we learned. And then we're like, oh, I was just understanding it intellectually. But now that it's in practice, it's way more difficult and it's a challenge and I am willing to do it, to go further. Okay. And um, on average, how long does it take for you to sort of write a book? And could you possibly give people some advice on maybe their writing process yes, as well? Of course, I would love to. So the who am I, where am I? I would say three years. But it wasn't my plan to publish it. But when I decided to, I think it took three months. For the poetry book, because it's different, it's just like states or feelings that I, it's overwhelming, beautiful feelings. And I just have a calling, I just feel like writing. And after I just gathered poetry and I put them together. And for this book, my next book, it's called Time. So I think it took me four months. So I think it's experience. Experience shortened the period of time it takes to write a book. And also I think you get more confident, more disciplined. My history with writing, if it can help, I was just taking notes. And then I tried to make one subject per notes. And then I tried to put them together. So this was the first step. But now I'm more like I try to find a general team and under this team I write. Along the way, if I think that something comes up and it's interesting, I'm going to add it. Just write. My advice is just write, 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 write. Don't judge yourself and one day you'll have enough writings to be able to gather it and to, to put it in a book. So if you could possibly tell your younger writing self anything, it would be that. Just write, 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 write. Yes, and you don't need to be writing for others. You can be writing just for yourself. You can be journaling. And as you go journaling, you might have ideas coming. And they might not seem relevant at that time. But one day you're going to connect the dots and you will see that even your mind has been through a process of having questions, answering them. And from this answer, there is another question that comes and you go through this process until you find an ultimate answer where you can't go further. And now you know that you have enough information and to put it together and to, to write a book. Okay. And when you were sort of writing that book, what was the most 
fun part of it? It was fun, but at the same time challenging. It's trying to marry science and emotions, psychology. So that was the fun part. And still being serious about the two. How did you sort of mend those things together in a maybe simple way? I think that there has to be in your mind, and you're going to know when it happens, there has to be a story. It doesn't have to be linear, but there has to be a story. If you go to someone and you tell them about a subject, you have to be able to put them through all the processes so that they understand the, um, your point. So when you are able to make a whole story about what you're writing in your mind, you know that you're uh, ready, and then you can put it as an outline. And you go from there. And sort of just to chime in again on, what would be one thing you would want to give up or you would want to sort of trade off in order to become a better writer? Ego? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I don't have any other question. Um, and so, yeah, the ego. The ego comes um, from time to time. Yeah. But the ego is helpful too because it's very creative. It's an angel and a demon at the same time. So, mm. what are your personal experiences with the ego? I used to dismiss it, but as I aged, I listened to it and having conversations with the ego. I'm like, you know, you don't need to defend me. We don't need to defend ourselves. We don't need to doubt. We don't need, don't worry, it's going to be okay. And you can outgrow your ego by, when you show your ego that you're committed to what you're doing, whether it's diet, exercise, writing, whatever, when you show the ego that you outgrow it and you outgrow its fears, it starts trusting you and believing in you. So, And how do you sort of install in someone's mind that happiness and peace of mind are sort of the most important aspects you should look for in your life? Try it. <laughs> mm. No, what I mean is happiness and peace of mind. I am really not a believer, but really an experiencer, a knower of the fact that peace of mind and happiness are our true nature. But because of experiences, because of damaging beliefs, things that happen to us or in front of us, sometimes we go into a survival mode, sometimes we go too far in the future where we can't even project ourselves and we stress about something that it's very, very far from us or we remember things from the past. When you're stressed or, or anxious, you just need to remember yourself to, to, to be here and now is an easy thing to say, but tools would be whatever activity suits you or calms you or no activity or whatever, just for a day or two. I, I usually give myself two to three days and then I come back to being calm and yeah. Like it's a knowledge, but still you need some tools and the tools are not universal. So everyone has different tools. I know people who go run just to calm their mind. I know people who cook. I know people who meditate. It depends on what your calling is, what, what makes you not happy, because that's not the point. It's too far away to be happy, but just to be more peaceful, just an activity that, that calms you down until the storm passes and then 
life come back and uh, you find your happiness again. What's the difference and what's the purpose of the Who Am I, Where Am I book versus the poetry? What was your intention with that? It's two different worlds. Oh. So I have a poem that says, today I don't want to do anything. I don't want to, I don't want to understand. I don't want to, I just want to be in the feeling, my mind at peace and just, you know, feel the love, feel the beauty. And by beauty, I mean harmony, you know, and just not waiting for anything from anyone, not feeling entitled, not feeling, you know, just being in grace and love and I'm fine keeping knowledge about how to cook or find this out, but conclusions and beliefs I want to forget and I want to stop. So just stopping any judgment about myself or about others. Mm -hmm. And I don't do it every day, but when you go to these dimensions, like from time to time, they really set you up and I think they cleanse you and they, they take you to higher vibrations and you're another person and other desires arise sometimes you don't even see the horizon you know i don't know if you understand what i mean but sometimes you get to a point where you don't desire anything mm. and sometimes it's cool but sometimes it's sad too so when you're at a reset button there are desires or callings that come through you but they come from the heart they don't come from the mind mm. like you don't understand no, 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 I do understand. But, but no, I mean, I'm like, just... when it happens, you don't understand. You're like, where, where, where do you come from, this desire? Why, why would I write point? Or why would I do this? Or why would I go to, you know? So how do you personally find desire in your life? Have you ever hit that horizon, as, as you would describe at the end of yes, the horizon? But it's not no horizon at all. It's just that the horizon is not attracting anymore you don't want the future the idea of the future is what attracts you like mm. when it's not attracting anymore you're like oh i'm gonna do this and don't get me wrong i like routines i do routines live by routines especially in my responsibilities but sometimes you don't see any horizon there is nothing you're like what am i doing here i'm just basically a robot <laughs> Mm. <laughs> and I'm talking about myself. I don't know if everyone experienced that. And then there is no horizon and the future is not attracting. And sometimes there is a desire that arises in you and suddenly it's attractive, but also it gives you energy to also do the basic everyday thing. You don't even see them, like you accomplish your grocery, paying bills, going there, doing work. And you have energy and you don't even feel the effort because you're filled with the desire to, to transcend it and to, I, I need to finish it so I can go and, uh, and do this. And what's the difference between making things happen versus just letting things happen? So I think there is two levels to it. First of all, sometimes there is nothing that you can do more than what you've already done. Like you've done everything you could and it's just a gestation period. So you just need to trust. Like uh, when you plant a seed, you can do nothing. You've planted it, you're, you can do nothing anymore. So you just wait and you have faith. So you learn how to use this 
gestation time instead of being just uh <laughs> i get bored very easily and i get impatient so i needed to work on myself very much on this first you understand that things some things need time and don't need you like you've done everything just don't be there let it be and at the same time if you feel impatient or too focused on it then you can use that that time like time off to do something else but there is another level to it making things happen versus letting things happen is that sometimes it's too big and there's too many things in play and you have to know that things have to align people have to be certain place at the same certain times and you just do your part and you're not sure it's going to happen it's not a gestation time it can happen 50% 50% and you can do nothing about it and it has nothing to do about you it's just opportunity chances and um, yeah and what is your favorite quote love is the only truth everything else is an illusion and so sometimes i just find myself writing it on a piece of paper because i like it so much and what is sort of the significance of that quote to you depends on your level of consciousness it can be just you know i think the, the ultimate understanding is that you and i are mirroring each other and sometimes bad things happen and you want to seek justice or things like that but you can go above in this code love is the only truth and just uh, feel empathy and compassion for everyone and see where they coming from and the more you work on yourself the easier it is to uh, see in others dysfunctions and that you know they're just trying to defend themselves or they're in illusory uh, fights or whatever and so love and compassion i think are are the highest vibrations of earth forgiveness it's things that snap you um instantly to another level of understanding of wisdom and i also think that by loving others in the long term you see what happens and why and you connect the dots because you're out of the battle you're out of me it's me it's against me and you're more into it's we are all one and no uh, if i am able to give love in this situation sometimes i can't but if i am able to give love in this situation it's better for me it's always better for me and sort of i think you mentioned before that you do uh meditations and writing how do you sort of do those things and what would, what advice would you give to anyone who's interested in and in working with you so there are two types of meditations so there is a meditation where you stop the mind like you go to a no thoughts place where you have no thoughts you just want to stop the thoughts because you know that they are spiraling or you just want a peaceful mind and uh, there are techniques for that for example if you have a clock or a tick 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 i think this is the easiest one for people who never meditate so it's a ticking clock and you just try to focus on the ticking and every time you have a thought you go back to the ticking tick 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 and it's very powerful you can try to do 5 minutes 
the first week and then 10 minutes, 15 minutes is the best. But you can start by five minutes because in the beginning it's going to be a little bit hard to focus on the ticking. There is a breath meditations too, but I think it's better to see with professionals because breath meditations are not good for everyone. It depends on your level. And the other form of meditation is really like just connecting with yourself and whatever feeling comes, you see it, you explore it. Whatever thoughts come, you see it and you explore it and everything has something to say. You don't run away from anything. Sometimes we are strong enough to do this exercise, but others, other times uh, it's more difficult. So it's up to the person. All right. So which one do you do? I'm assuming it's the last one you mentioned. All right. I do both. Sometimes I, I just don't want to think because I feel like I am biased or I've been thinking too much or I've been gathering a lot of information. And when I said earlier, change the course of things in the future, you can do it without stopping your thoughts. So sometimes you just want to stop your thoughts and come as objectively as possible to the question, to whatever you are about to do. And you find yourself resourceful and creative and new ideas. So yes, stopping your mind is a good idea to do at least like, I think three times a year. And what sort of drives you to sort of find the, the answers you're looking for to these questions that you may have? They won't let me sleep. <laughs> mm. It's like no door is going to open if you don't find this answer. So it starts like that. It's uh, unanswered questions or unsolved problems. And from there, you discover interesting things and, um, and interesting things happening inside of you. And like sometimes if you are willing to work on yourself, if you are humble enough to... to to work on yourself and to be honest and to tell yourself that there are things that you can change in your life, in yourself, if you want to be a better person and not always find the outer conditions or other people are the reason for your problems. Sometimes you observe yourself reacting and you are, who are you? You change so much. You tell yourself a year ago, I was in the same situation and I reacted completely differently. So, yes. Mm, okay. And can we just take a, do you have a website by any chance? Yes, I do. Yeah, let's take a quick look at it and let's get a bit of a run. It's going to be refreshed by Monday. Oh. Because uh, we are uploading the new book and. Uh... Okay. So is there any uh, sneak peeks, anything interesting you'd like to give before uh, you were Yeah, I really would like to thank you for your invite. I really, really appreciate uh, our exchanges. It was um, a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much. You, I am not used to talk about myself in, uh, <laughs> in podcasts and, you know, I'm happy I met you today and thank you so much for this opportunity to be on your show. Very thankful. It's my privilege. And again, thank you again for being on the show. 
Before we end this off, I would just like to make a few quick shout outs. The first shout out is down below, Judy Ryan. She is our affiliate partner. She works at LifeWork Systems, and she's focused on teaching businesses how to have better collegial environments, to sort of have better relationships, and to essentially create a better environment as a whole for many different corporate businesses that have 30 or more people. So if you would like me to provide you with any guidance on how to start working with her, please let me know. It would be my pleasure. Next thing we'd like to discuss here is our YouTube channel. Subscribe now. We're around 104 subscribers. So I think slightly more, but keep ringing the bell, please. Um, if you want more educational content that can teach you a lot, again, ring the bell and you can get great updates on the show. Next one is our Roku channel. We're on Roku TV. And essentially, you can just go there and watch us there. Everything will be on Roku, especially this episode. So yeah, get you know, get on Roku channel and check us out. And then you know, Jimbo Paris Consulting Services. We have a consulting service, and essentially, we can automate social media accounts for you. We can give you a growth perspective, and we can help you grow your social media, grow your podcast, and we could also run it for you. So you don't have to do anything on your own. All right. So again, I'm Jimbo Paris. This is the Jimbo Paris Show. Thank you again for watching. Thank you for listening to the Jimbo Parish Show. 